It is Wednesday, September 27th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan along for the ride as well. Busy, busy day. Uh, usually we start off the show with a tip of the cap. Instead, it is a remembrance, and it's the reason I am wearing a Baltimore Orioles lid today as we lost another legend in the sport. Hall of Famer Brooks Robinson passing away on Tuesday at the age of 86. And I think, Trevor, when there's a guy who passes away in our baseball circle that that many of us never saw play, right? And I would say that that's probably three-quarters at least of baseball fans out there that probably never saw take a ground ball third or step into the batter's box or anything else. It's a great chance for us to learn about somebody and do a little deep dive. You could read articles. You could look at highlights. You could spin it up on YouTube, whatever you want to do. I highly suggest you watch this man's defensive tape because few were better in the history of the sport. That's where I think you're wrong. I think a lot of people have seen this guy play. They might just not have known because well, I'm talking high- about live, like in sure, but you've seen, TV. you've seen the play that he's made at third base. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Manny Machado play before Manny Machado was even a, a thought. Uh, Brooks going outside of fair territory, throwing a dot over there. This guy was an 18-time All-Star, 16-time Gold Glove, won two World Series, World Series MVP, is a Hall of Famer. He did stuff with the, M- the MLBPA in its early days. Really just, and if, if you play baseball, especially like a third baseman like myself, like this is one of your idols. Uh, and you don't have to, you didn't have to see him play um, live, but you want to be like this guy. You want to win 16 gold gloves. You want to, you know, be an all-star 18 times. You want to be a legendary figure who gives back uh, as well. And that's exactly what he did. So, you know, I, it's, it's, it's sad, but let's celebrate the life. That's how I feel. Totally. Yeah. 16 gold gloves, by the way, is a record for a non-pitcher. 16 gold gloves. It really is unreal. So uh, obviously thoughts and prayers with his family and uh, everybody that knew him in the baseball world. So let's get to our topics today. And we start with the Chicago Cubs, who are still barely hanging on to a wild card. Unfortunately, Seiya Suzuki couldn't hold on to a fly ball at the most critical moment in Atlanta on Tuesday night. 3-2. In the air, out towards right center. Suzuki the call. No, no, no. Oh, my goodness. And two-run score. Suzuki called off Bellinger. And just a miscommunication, or maybe he lost it in the light. Brutal. Brutal because he has been the best player for this team over the last two months offensively. He is as big a reason as anyone as to why they're actually in playoff position. But the big question is, how much will that play haunt Chicago possibly not only for the rest of the five days of this season, but maybe into the off season. Uh, it's tough to watch, but here's the thing you have to remember, especially as a team, as a Cubs team, and, and they've all come out and said the right things after the game. It's, it's just one play and a plethora of plays that make up a season. Now it happened, uh, you know, against the Braves as they're mounting this, uh, seven unanswered uh, run comeback in a crucial time where you have a half game lead in the wild card at the end of the season. So like it gets amplified, gets magnified, all that stuff. Um, but you can't let it be the play. Now, if it ends up when they're, they end up a game out of the playoffs, 
um, and you look back at this one as they should have got it, well, then you got to look back at a bunch of other games throughout the season that they should have got and a lot of other drop balls that could have happened. You, you can – yes, yes, see, Rosie. That's not I how get you do it. it. I not how you do it. That's how you should – I ain't here to say how it's done. I'm here to say how it should be done, see, Rosie. Dude, there's six days left in the season. You're, you had your ace on the mound. You had a six nothing lead in a game that was essentially. Did he give up all the other runs before those scored? I know, but I'm not telling you. He had a great day. He had, he had a great game besides that too. It's like, you can't, it's just. I'm not telling you that's not how you should look at it. I'm telling you that's not how people will look at it. You don't think that they're wrong. What do you, how do you think they'll look at it? Do you think Cubs fans will just be like, oh, you're right. It was just one play in part of a tapestry of the entire season. Of course they won't. They're going to think of this almost as the Brant Brown play in 1998. For those of you that never saw it, it was I think it was up in Milwaukee. The late Rod Beck is on the mound, and Brant Brown's kicking the ball around out there in left field. And it's still a play that resonates in my brain, and I'm not even a Cubs fan. Okay, here, I'll give you a point because this is, I'll give you a play that's very similar to this one. And, but we don't talk about it that much. So that's kind of where I am there. Trent Grisham, the Milwaukee, oh, Milwaukee Brewers. We totally talk against about the Nationals. Absolutely. We don't talk about it anymore. Absolutely, we, we do. Because you want to know why? You want to know why we don't talk about it? Because the year after Trent Grisham went out and won a gold glove. I guarantee you that there's about 2% of the audience that knows that Trent Grisham went out and won a gold glove after that. You know what they remember? That's what jump-started Washington's run toward a World Series. That's exactly what they remember. And they remember it because they remember Soto being so excited when he got tagged out in between bases and he's all fired up and all that sort of stuff. They totally remember Trent Grisham. Nationals fans remember that. And Brew Crew friends probably remember it as well. But I, I don't know, man. I just don't think that's the way you should look at it because of what he's done over the season. It's just one mistake. It's so many things could have happened. Bellinger could have called him off. PCA could have been in the freaking game. He definitely would have called him off. That guy goes and gets everything. So, like, there's just so many things. I guess what I'm trying to say, Chris, is I, I get it. I understand how the fans are going to look at this. And it's just – it's not like you're wrong – well, yeah, I think you are wrong for looking at that, at that way, but <laughs> cut him, I think you got to cut him some slack. And then you still control your own destiny. Okay. Go out there and win the rest of the games. All right. So just very quickly, some housekeeping. Uh, the Cubs hang on to the third slot for now. One back of the Diamondbacks, but they're half game up on Miami. Oh, by the way, both the Diamondbacks and Marlins hold the tiebreaker over the Cubs. I guess that's the thing is, because Miami's game got suspended or postponed, they actually don't hold their own destiny because of the tiebreaker. If Miami goes out and wins the rest of the games this year, they are in the playoffs and the Cubs are out. So I'm I'm mistaken. And there is one other thing for Cubs fans, and I'm sure they're not even thinking about this, but I am. They have Steele lined up for Sunday if they need him. If that missed fly ball is the reason that they will not have will not have clinched on sun by Sunday, and they need to burn steel, and he's not available to pitch in the wild card in the yeah. wild card round. Well, he he could pitch the third game. You have to come back on short there, rest because there is the travel day Monday, then Tuesday, right? Wednesday, Thursday. So he could pitch but Thursday. That, he could, but I'm just saying that. Oh, that is rough. Hang in there, Cubbies fans. 
So the Cubs lost meant the Brewers clinched the NL Central, even though they fell to St. Louis. It's Milwaukee's third division crown since 2018. Time to party, Counts. This team's built for October. And winning a division is the first step. Uh The goal, the first goal is done. How many celebrations we got left? Four more. All right. Let's get Matty Arnold. The GM brought a lot of you guys here. Let's douse you. I love the party scene. I think it's great. It's so much fun. But I want to focus on that one line. Four more celebrations. Is this team really capable of four more celebrations? <laughs> you always put me on the spot on this show, Steve Rosie. I think so. I think so. Why not? It is baseball. You know, it's, a lot of things can happen. Do I think they're going to be favored to do that? Do I think that they have the best shot to do it? No, but can they do it? Absolutely. I talked about this on Talking Baseball today. This is a run prevention team. That's how they run their – this roster specifically is built on run prevention. And then you got to have the big homer. That's how you win playoff games. I think they can do it. They don't necessarily have the homer guys up and down the lineup, but they have some guys that could put the ball out of the park. Is Josh Donaldson going to have some magical playoff run uh, with the Brew Crew? That would be something. Is Christian Yelich going to step up and be like the guy and become a statue guy in Milwaukee? I don't know. Maybe. This team definitely has a shot because, because – they have the starting pitching and they have the bullpen to get it done. They have the defense to get it done. All they're missing and which could easily show up throughout the playoffs is some timely hitting. So I will say, yes, they could get the four celebrations done. Okay. So there was somebody who was like, boy, nobody hates the Brewers more than Rose. When we talked about them last week, uh, I think I did it with Stephen Brault. And my hesitancy about Milwaukee is the fact that they would most likely have to beat both the Dodgers and the Braves in order to get there. I mean, it's possible that the Braves could lose to somebody in the divisional round, but if Milwaukee wins, they're off to face the Dodgers. So they the Braves lost face... last year to somebody in the divisional exactly. round. Exactly. They lost they lost the Phillies. So it could happen. No question. I understand all that. That was my hesitancy. Then as I got ready for this question, I did a little deeper dive into their starting pitching in terms of playoff history. Corbin Burns, who actually started off in the bullpen, he's only had one playoff start, but he has thrown 15 playoff innings. Two earned runs. Pretty good. Brandon Woodruff, 28 and a third, 3.18 ERA. Freddie Peralta, 1.13 ERA in eight innings. Wade Miley, 17 and a third innings pitched in the playoffs in his career, 2.08. You would be hard-pressed to find a starting foursome with that much postseason success. And we're not talking about real small sample size. We're talk- talking about three innings. Talking about a few now under your belt. These guys know what it takes. That's really impressive. Two things I'm worried about. Their offense, they don't hit a ton of homers. Not as many no. as you think. They just no. don't. So, you know, usually teams that don't put the ball in play are going to click you. That's not what their M.O. So they're going to need some big series from guys when they – haven't gotten it all year. The other thing is, how many playoff pitches do you think Devin Williams has thrown? Ooh. Well, he he nailed his hand in the celebration, so he didn't pitch right. last year, so none. He hasn't thrown one. 
Yeah. that It's crazy to think because with this, the amount of success this team's had and the amount of success he's had, and it was a couple hey, of years ago that he missed the series. cares? Okay. That, that's fine. I just, I'm, I'm bringing it up that the guy who you're going to put the ball in his hand in a 4-3 game hasn't thrown a playoff pitch. And we have, you have to admit, we have seen really good pitchers turn to mush in October. It happens sometimes. Sure, sure. I, I, I think the chances are unlikely. I'm not saying he's going to be spotless in the postseason. I'm just mm-hmm. saying I don't think it's going to really affect him. Um, I will say this. It's going to be difficult because if you look at the record against the teams that they'd match up with right now, which is the Cubs, they're 5-5 five and five against them. Mm-hmm. The Dodgers will be the next round. They're one in five against them, and the Braves would be the championship series, and they're one in five against them. Yeah. That's seven and fifteen against those teams. It's going to be tough yeah. for them, but can they do it? Yes. Yeah, they can do it. Uh, I think they'll get one celebration, one more celebration, and then after that, I'm just not so sure. But I wish yeah. them luck. I love them. I think they're a fun, fun team. I don't hate the Brewers. I just like some other teams better. Like them in terms of not like root for them. But I just think that they're better teams. That's all. That's all. All right. Uh, I actually, I'm chipper today. I'm feeling good. Why is that? Because I sleep. I sleep. I slept well. I slept really well last night. And that is a rarity for me. But I think it has something to do with us changing our sheets late last week. We put on a fresh pair of Miracle Made. It is inspired by NASA. It uses silver-infused fabrics, makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. And for a guy that overheats at 2 a.m., like me, that's a big deal. Now, these sheets are infused with silver. It prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, which clogs your pores. It allows them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets. Also, Miracle Sheets are luxuriously comfortable. They don't have that high price tag of luxury brands, which is great. So what do I want you to do? Try Miracle.com slash today to try Miracle Made Sheets. And whether you're buying them for yourself or for a gift for somebody else, if you order today, you can save over 40%. Also, use that promo code today at checkout. You're going to get not one, not two, but three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle so confident in this product, it's backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, you get the full refund. Refund. Now, upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Try miracle.com slash today. Use the code today. Get your free three-piece towel set. Save over 40%. Again, that's try miracle.com slash today. To treat yourself, you will be well-rested so you can listen to baseball today. All right, a team uh, who celebrated three playoff series victories just last season. We'll have another crack at it. The Phillies are ready to run into October. Bouncer back toward the middle, linking into center field, a base hit. Pache's coming home. The throw to the plate, not in time. The Phillies are going back to the postseason. Great way to get in there, thanks to a walk-off by a rookie. That was great. Uh, last year, Ploof, Philly shocked everybody with upsets over St. Louis, then Atlanta, before besting San Diego in the NLCS. This year, they're not sneaking up on anybody. So should we put Philly on the same level as, say, the Braves and Dodgers when it comes to handicapping the National League playoffs? I don't know if I put them on the exact same level as the Braves. I would put them on the same level as the Dodgers as far as handicapping. So I think the Braves, to me, are are the odds-on favorite. And then if you really break it down after that, it's all kind of a crapshoot, I guess you'd say. But, Mm -hmm. you know, you start to 
tier teams. I will go Braves. Then I will go Dodgers and Phillies. We're just talking about National League here. So I would put them up there uh, with those teams for a couple different reasons. I like all the veterans that they have on their team. We talk about these guys so much. I mean, offensively, what they have there and the rotation, what they have there. Uh, Talk about been there, done that. They were just there in the World Series. That's another reason why I pick them to be my World Series champion this year was because I think that when teams get there and lose, there is nothing that they want to do more than get back to the world series and win. There's this motivation and you understand what it takes. And like, you have the experience it's still fresh in your mind from the previous year. Uh, look at the Astros. The Astros just did it. Um, you have my experience with it was the Royals. I saw the tenacity in those guys eyes uh, when they came back the season after getting beat by the giants, it was a different team. It looked like they've been they're battle tested. Essentially. They understand what it takes. So uh, I think the Phillies are that way. They have, they just, they seem to me like a team that could easily just go run the table. I, 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 I really, really like the way this roster is constructed. I like the, the guys on the squad. I like the motivation factor. So I will say, yes, I'd put them behind the Braves, but then anybody else, if I was doing the, um, like the, the rankings, I'd put them right there. That's a boring question because I see it exactly the same way. Um, so I was doing a little poking around research for the show last night and something that I didn't think about, but definitely comes in handy here because they're going to be pretty much locked into the four seed. So they're going to host the five seed in the opening round. That is really one of the few home field advantages in baseball. In my opinion, I really feel like that crowd, that stadium and the way that Bryce Harper and that gang can get that place rocking. Yeah. It just feels different. Like, usually it doesn't matter, my opinion, if you go on the road in baseball. It's not like playing an NFL playoff game on the road. It's not like playing an NBA playoff game where referees get influenced by the crowd. It's baseball. But that place seems like a huge, huge advantage. There was one executive that called it four hours of hell when you play there in October. I could see that. And think about the teams that they – would be playing essentially, you know, just uh, Diamondbacks, Cubs, Marlins. There's not a lot of postseason experience on those rosters. You know, you have Dansby Swanson who's been there, done that. He's going to have to be the guy. You have Cody Bellinger who's kind of been there, done that. So he's going to have to like really explain to people. But like when you go in, like you, to your point, when you go into Philadelphia and you're looking across and you're seeing that's Bryce Harper, that's that's Trey Turner, that's JT Romuto. Like it, the game can get big. It could get scary, especially in uh-huh. Philadelphia. So I think that you're totally right there. They they just have a lot. The Phillies have a lot going for them. And if you add in that home field, that's that means something. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I already talked about Devin Williams with the Brewers. Craig Kimbrell's a guy we haven't talked about a lot this year. And I think that's probably a good thing. Um, his strikeouts were back up significantly Had almost 90 strikeouts this year and under 70 innings pitched. He's pitched a lot of playoff baseball, more than 20 games in his career, but it's an ERA over four, only has seven saves. I wonder if, and we'll do this, I'm sure, next week when we get to the playoffs, but how many teams love it when their guy comes in in the ninth with a one-run lead? How many teams are like, yeah, I feel good about that? There's not too many people. There's not too many teams that have that. Yeah, but Kimbrell did have his best, full season in my opinion since like 2018 
And so I think the Philly fans, they'll look at him and they'll say, oh, God, you know, he doesn't have a great track record in October. But maybe, maybe this is the year that they should feel good. We'll see. Something to think about. Uh, Zach Greinke on Tuesday night. Five scoreless innings in Motown allowed just one hit. He had it working. Now, he's still expected to pitch uh, this weekend, I believe, against the Yankees is who they close against. Don't know what the future holds, but he was seen taking the ball after the fifth inning. He looked into the crowd, gave his family a wave after the game, brought his kids down to the field, had him walking around, almost like he's having these symbolic, like, this could be the end of the road moments. We don't have a definitive word. But if he is indeed done, is that a Hall of Famer? Yes. I, I don't even, yes. I'll, I'll give you my Zach Grinke story. Um, first of all, we all know the, the amount of stories that guys have about him and his personalities. It could be from the fans. It could be from the front office. Uh, obviously, his teammates. There's literally, I think there's two articles just in The Athletic alone about Zach Grinke stories. So go check those out. Uh, for me, you know, you hear about Zach Grinke and he's, you know, one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. And the first time I faced him, I was like, what is, what's the deal with this guy? Why does everyone think he's so good? Like, um, he's kind of like a normal pitcher to me. I didn't, I wasn't impressed, Chris. I wasn't. Um, the second time I faced him, he threw pitches to me that moved in ways that I didn't think were possible. And he changed speeds in ways I didn't think were possible. And I came back to the dugout and I was like, Oh, Oh, so what I think really happened was my first time I faced him. He's like, who the fuck is this kid? And just threw whatever he needed and got me out. I'm one for nine against him in my career. Uh, And then the second time, maybe he thought I was more of a threat and he actually tried against me. And once he tried, I was like, this guy's incredible. Like that, he's the first guy that really that really showed me that that how you could change speeds with your pitches and just like kind of change the shape of them and turn them into different like four pitches turns into 10 pitches because you can just manipulate the speed and you know everything he had he, he threw you off balance with like the little timing stuff that he does like the grunts like it just it made it He's just very difficult to face. And to answer your question, yes, he's a Hall of Famer. There's no doubt. He's going to be one of those guys that people have to put down on a piece of paper and really look at the stats, I think. So let's say he gets a handful of strikeouts this weekend. He's going to finish less than 20 strikeouts shy of 3,000 if he does not come back. That's a really interesting number, but it's still Chris, this guy's got 77 career war. I know. To me, the comparison is a guy, and I'm interesting that I'm wearing an Orioles hat today. To me, I think the dead-on comparison is Mike Messina, and it took him six tries to get into the Hall of Fame. Now, there were a lot of people who were like, Jesus, Messina's a Hall of Famer. What's going on here? And it took him six times to get in. But listen to their number comparisons, okay? Greinke has a Cy Young. He also finished runner-up, fourth, seventh, and eighth. Musina never won a Cy Young. Runner-up, two-fourths, three-fifths, two-sixths. So always dancing around it. ERA plus for Greinke, 120. 123 for Musina. Greinke, 20th all-time in strikeouts. Musina, 24th. Greinke, 77 war. Musina, 82. 
Granky, six gold gloves, same number as Mussina. The difference is playoffs, Mussina was a real bulldog, 3-4-2 ERA in the playoffs, had a ton of starts. Granky, not as many, ERA over four in the playoffs. I, you know, I guess if we get down to that number, but they are very, very similar. And even in the way they pitch, right? Mussina never threw 99. But man, he would change speeds on you, spot it, move it. Now he was he was an asshole on the mound, Mussina. He was tough. Granky, you're like looking, you're like, is anybody home? There's a lot of people home. <laughs> no, I then you know what? Shame on the writers for not voting in Mike Mussina earlier. That's what right. I take about that. Yeah. But I think right that now, that's if you look at his comparison. I think that's really good. Good job, Chris. Way to go, man. Pat on the back to you. Um, some of the stats, if you look at you know, his baseball reference page, like right now he leads all of baseball in so many categories as far as pitchers, uh, innings pitched, um, hits given up, earned runs, uh, losses, like batter's face, like everything about longevity, ca- these counting stats. It's all Zach Grinky, man. He's thrown so much. Uh, and to me, I, you applaud guys like that who are able to cross like eras of baseball you know he's played in steroid era he's played in the dead ball season that was you know 2014 or 15 then he's played in the juice ball era like this guy has just been here for so long 3384 and a third innings pitch wow it's a lot that's a lot and you know let's remember in the beginning of his career when he was dealing with some stuff off the field he contemplated quitting thankfully he did not we have been entertained ever since speaking of entertaining this sunday october 1st 11 a.m east coast go check it out it is blitzball blitz road to billy's a live in-person warehouse games production it features a play-in game that starts at 11 30 a.m followed by two semifinal games then the championship game all ages are welcome to this event that starts at 11 a.m. Early access tickets are 100 bucks. That includes access to Billy's an hour early at 10 a.m. Plus, you get a Blitzball Blitz t-shirt, an event badge, a lanyard, as well as the opportunity to be a part of exclusive JM Baseball trivia content and be entered in a raffle to participate in pregame warm-ups with the players, which is a ton of fun. You get to see how that Blitzball moves and whether or not you could actually hit the dang thing because it ain't that easy. Hurry, though, because there are only 50 early access tickets available. There's also general admission tickets available for 30 bucks That gets you into Billy's at 11 a.m. to enjoy all the Blitzball content. So head on over to shop.johnboymedia.com or visit the link in the description to buy your tickets. See you at Billy's on Sunday, October 1st. Enjoy the festivities. All right. Uh, Adam Wainwright has enjoyed his ride. He is retiring after the season. He got win number 200. He said, listen, it took everything in my body just to get me out there for that one. I am done pitching. But he might not be done playing Major League Baseball. I think there's a very good chance that you might see me uh, taking a bat. At least one at bat, right? I'm thinking, you know, one or two at bats maybe. But, uh, yeah, we're going to – I got pine tar on the batting gloves in there. We've been working on it. Should he get an A-B? 
I'm trying to yeah. answer this <laughs> and be respectful okay? to a legend. Uh, sure. Like, give him an A, B. Do I want to see it? No, I have no interest in seeing it. I never want to see pitchers hit again. You guys brought this upon yourself. You know it. So I don't know. I, I'm, I want it for him because I think it'll be fun. And, you know, it's it's he can do whatever he wants on a baseball field because of the career that he's had. I have a lot of respect for you, Bueno. I really, really do. So go do you, bro. Do I want to see it personally? Heck no, bro. I am over it. I am so glad pitchers don't hit anymore. So we got Shohei. That's all we need. But Bueno, uh, well, you, you got my blessing. 193 career average, a 511 OPS, which is actually pretty good for a pitcher, 10 career homers. So he can swing it. He's going to get there. He's not going to embarrass himself. Here's the thing. The Cardinals face the Brewers, and then they're home for Cincinnati. Those could be, the Cincinnati's still alive, barely, could be meaningful games. I don't want that to take away. No, they from won't do that. The, and, and I agree with you. Ali Marmol and that organization has too much respect for the game to do that. And Adam Wainwright would say it, too. He'd be the first one to tell you that. So as long as it still matters to Cincinnati, they can't do it. But if it doesn't, if the Reds have been eliminated, then I'm good with whatever goes. They're, yeah, and if they're getting their butt kicked or something like that, then you can get in a bat in this game. Sure. I don't I don't think that's going to be looked or frowned upon. But if this dude starts a DH in a game that means something to one of those two teams, yes, a lot of people will be up in arms about it. Well, it's not going to mean anything to the Cardinals. They haven't had a meaningful game since like June. No. no. But the Reds, it could mean something too. So there you go. Adam, we wish you best of luck. You've been a blast to cover. All right. Uh, this was a fast 30 minutes today. We, I think we covered the entire emotional gamut throughout this show. Uh, keep enjoying it. We got five days left in the baseball season. We are back at it again on Thursday. Check our uh, – that's an awesome hat. Where'd you get that? Yo, Phillies. Uh, people forget I used to play Major League Baseball. For oh, the no, no, no. I, I remember it. I remember it well. I still have your Philly bobblehead. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't have a Philly um, bobblehead. For our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, the uber-talented Trevor Plouffe, I am Chris Rose. We will see you Thursday on Baseball Today.